All right, a lot to get into with uh, 102.1 The Edge's Coulter Bouchard. We did that on Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Lots of issues to do with health care. Lots of issues to do with dangerous work with this tragedy that happened in Ajax. And uh, we'll keep it light because I didn't know this. Uh, Coulter is uh, Mr. Musical. Mr. Musical. And I am not. So you'll uh, see us divide. Probably never to get back together uh, again. This may be the wedge that uh, busts us up. Uh, when Coulter makes his appearances on Toronto Today. Here it is. I asked Catherine Hoy, president of the Ontario Nurses Association, about bringing nurses back who had either been fired or placed on leave because they weren't vaccinated. This was not the answer I was expecting, but to some, it's a refreshing perspective. Here's what she said. If science supports it, mm. and um, yes, we need we do need nurses, and the hospital, for hospitals, because we're talking about hospitals, mm. they will need to uh, create a policy and people yeah. will adhere to it. Nurses are respectful, but that is that's between the uh, employers and, you know, the government need to sit down and get this fake. That's an interesting thought. Um, it really is. Uh, Coulter Bouchard's our guest co-host of the Coulter and Meredith show on 102.1 The Edge. How's it going, man? Oh, uh, it's a pleasure. It's Just, so much right. better now that I'm here with you. Thank you. Well, you, I'm like, uh, you're too, you, you know, you're a younger guy than me, but you don't even remember Sally Field accepting the Oscar and going, you like me. You really you like really me. Like you really like me. No, but I've seen the clip on YouTube a couple of times. Okay. <laughs> okay. I have okay. an internet connection. Yeah. Greg. I was watching it live. I, I, you know, I was 12, <laughs> but I was watching it live. That's important to, uh, to note. And then, and then she could never go anywhere. She'd go to a restaurant and people would be like, oh, it's the, you like me. You really like me lady. And she's like. Child, I don't know if she used that word. I've done a lot more than that, than just the you really like me lady, but whatever. No kidding. And like me from afar. Like me from your table. Yeah. I'm and over here trying to enjoy some oysters. Let's give it a rest. Yeah, bring that Caesar salad chop chop. <laughs> you want your 18%? You'll show how much you like me. Get those croutons out here in a hurry. Um, this is, a, this is a, a really broad question. Are you... Do you feel any different? Do you care who's vaccinated and who's not when they're around you anymore? Like you might have a year ago. I did a year ago. Do you now? Well, that's the thing, right? There's a difference between Omicron and OG COVID, right? When the vaccines came out, they were pretty damn good at preventing transmission. Mm -hmm. We've all seen that photo, right, Greg, of of all of the matches, right? And and they're all, you know, uh, all of them have been lit, except for the one match was removed. That, and that represents a vaccinated person. And, of course, the match fire couldn't spread to the other matches because the match was removed. We've all seen this. It's tired. It's been done. But uh, the vaccines don't really affect transmissibility that much when we're talking about Omicron, right? I mean, how many people do we know? I've had four vaccines, and luckily I haven't caught COVID yet, nor has my wife or child. But I know tons of people who have received just as many vaccines as I have, and they've had COVID once, some of them twice, twice. at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder about that and and where it goes. I th I think that's interesting. If I, I I just know this. If I'm in an emergency room, I'm not asking people how many shots they have. I don't know when they've recovered from uh, from COVID. And and this, you know, I got so hot and bothered a couple of weeks ago about the about the booster mandate for residence kids. I'm like, if you've been through the last two and a half years of high school and mm. you get to residence, um, do you care if someone down the hallway has two shots or three shots? I sure don't. But oh my god! Me. I remember, uh, you know, staying in res my first year at Ryerson, which doesn't exist anymore. We're pouring one out for Rye High, but you know, it was like a scene from Caligula first year, right? It's just like you know, the I don't think anybody's dorm doors stayed shut for more than twenty minutes at a time. 
Um, let's talk about tone because I think tone matters sometimes. I was pretty harsh on the tone of health minister Sylvia Jones. She's very all business. What do you want from your politicians, Coulter? I like, I, I hate empty platitudes. I like talking to you, having real conversations. But I thought, you know, to, to go and suggest, well, vacations times for nurses. They're, they're really, they're the reason. Staffing is the big reason. Scheduling is the big reason why our hospitals are crazy right now and ERs are on fire. I don't love that tone. And when we talked to Catherine Hoy last hour, she was basically there's a tone change from Christine. Politicians mm. are going to politic, right? But there's a tone change from something as important and as emotional as healthcare from Christine Elliott to Sylvia Jones. And I'm not sure I like it. Well, that's the thing. I'm always going to have a bias toward Christine Elliott. You know, I grew up in Whitby, Oshawa. I live in the Schwa right now. And of course, she's kind of a, a local hero around these parts, or at least has a lot of recognition. I remember her coming to my high school and, and, and giving a speech. Her husband, her late husband, Jim Flaherty as well. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Like these were this was a power couple in Durham region. And there's definitely a shift in tone. I totally agree with you, Craig. Uh, you know, when it comes to what do I want to hear from my politicians, the the phrase, and you've used it all the time, right? Real talk comes around. And what do we mean when we talk about real talk? Are we talking about just like stripping away any veneer of humanity a la, I don't know, a Lisa McLeod type where it's just like belligerent a lot of the time and, and, and hectoring a lot of the time? That's only at the Rolling Stones outdoor concerts <laughs> when, when she's, you know, uh, had a had a couple genuine drafts, I feel like. Well, what was that quote of hers? I'm your effing MPP. <laughs> and it's like, oh, God, no, I think you're a couple deep right now is what's going on. What kind of tone do I want? I want someone who's going to tell me the truth. And the reality is if you you're expecting truth from a politician. That's like expecting my two-year-old to give a PhD dissertation. It's just not going to happen. But there is a careful balance between, let's say, truthiness, maybe, um, you know, to quote mm. Stephen Colbert, I believe, who came up with that, and also just genuine empathy, right? And especially when you've got the health portfolio. We talk all the time about doctors and nurses having good bedside manner. I think we should be able to expect that from our health minister as well. And when she said the other day, Sylvia Jones, she goes, oh, it's ridiculous. Anybody calling this uh, a crisis in healthcare, you're being ridiculous. Greg, this would be like me driving up to your home in some like 30 year old rust bucket. The windows are kicked in. The entire car is engulfed in flames. And you're like, uh, dude, I think there's something wrong with your car. And you go, oh man, this is ridiculous. You're out of control. This thing is perfectly fine you're the one with the problem well and and the word she used culture I'll, I'll double down on the word it was inappropriate and i'm like nah that's you know that that's interrupting a wedding speech with a heckle that's <laughs> that's a fart or burp at the wrong that's not inappropriate it's a big boy big girl conversation yes. about where we're going now admittedly here's what i saw in the provincial election Anytime you'd mention, hey, um, any kind of level of, of the Europeans, no, 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 no. Hey, what about two-tier private? No, no. And, and those are the conversations I really think that we have to have. Do we want to become the United States for healthcare and have the bottom drop out? No, we do not. You and I have talked about this before. But to, I, know, I noticed there was a big deal about insulin last week. Do you know Canada's the sixth most expensive country for you and me, even with benefits, to go and purchase insulin? Uh, so why Greg, is that? That shouldn't be, be happening. Fair, in the U.S., they think it's something like $98 It's crazy. A Absolutely. But in Canada, okay, we're in sixth place, but there's a steep drop-off. I think the average vial in Canada is something like $12. So 
yeah, it's still expensive, but it's a huge difference from 98 bucks. But we got to ask why it's more expensive than in uh, the newly named Czechia. Why is it more expensive than in Italy? Why is it more expensive <laughs> you than and I in need to Germany? You it in our in our bathtubs like gin during the Prohibition. Yeah. Or we move to Scandinavia and, yes. and really get our radio on there. Are you kidding? They'd love a couple of uh, Canadian yubs like us. Coulter Bouchard, co-host of the Coulter and Meredith Show on 102.1 The Edge. Speaking of outdoors, look, I'm not trying to get into, I'm not going to get you in trouble on the show. I'm not going to get into Jordan Peterson territory. <laughs> um, you know, a couple good ideas here and there. And then all of a sudden off the deep end goes uh, our man, Jordan Peterson. But I thought about you also, knowing we talked today, you, right? We're both Durham region guys. I know where that accident scene in Ajax was with the tragedy the other mm. day. I know exactly where it is. And I was even maybe like a couple kilometers from it. Um, and uh, and I, I should have known better Monday night when there was no news that that was really bad news that they hadn't got the other two guys out. They lost their lives. And it's one of those things. I, you know, I, I make the point about hard jobs. Peterson made the point about hard jobs that we don't even think about like fishing on a deep sea boat or trapping or mining or logging or anything to do with construction culture. This is why they make shows like deadliest catch and truck drivers on ice or whatever is because nobody cares about the trials and tribulations of you and I stumbling out of the elevator and, (laughs) you know, having a, having a headset fall off or getting feedback. Like I forget sometimes how damn dangerous some workplaces are. I really do. And this was just an awful story to wake up to yesterday morning. Yeah, I'm thinking of what an episode of like, you know, radio announcers would look like one of these like, you know, camera in the workplace shows. Oh, no, the vending machines out of beef yeah. patties again. Yeah. What are we going to do? But you're right. I live in the schwa. You know, this uh, to, to call it a, a tragedy or a terrible incident. Um, I know you feel the same way. Almost feels cheap. Right. We're talking mm-hmm. about the loss at the end of the day of two lives. There were four people in total. One was airlifted, I believe, to Sunnybrook. One was treated locally at, at Lake Ridge, I guess, in Ajax. And then the other two people after, what was it, like 10, 12 hours of of search and rescue, they weren't able to retrieve any live bodies. And you watch this, and, and I was watching it from an air-conditioned studio where the the biggest thing I had to deal with that day was like, oh, no, the Wi-Fi is not working because we're so close to the water. We're on the water at Chorus Key. And it really puts a lot into perspective. And you look at a a lot of these professions, for instance, Greg, you brought up logging. I believe that is, if I'm not mistaken, one of the single most deadly jobs on planet Earth. How many times do we hear about people driving these giant trucks, you know, getting in collisions uh, in certain parts of the country, in certain parts of the world? These vehicles, they're on precarious highways. They hit a bump. They hit a rock, whatever. And they careen down the side of a mountain. I mean, this is horrifying. The I even think about roofers like we've had so many shingles blow off from storms and whatnot. Mm. And uh, and I and then I'll call my parents. My dad's 78. I I love him like you can't believe he's my you know, he was my best friend for years. He got me through so much stuff. And then mom's like, and dad's just going to check up. I'm like, will you pay someone to do this (laughs) stuff? Because I've had I've had too many friends who dads think, ah, macho dude, get up, to, and, and they fall. And, like, it's unbelievable. And this this construction thing in Ajax is going to be really interesting because I don't want there to have been a, a logical explanation for this and a safeguard that shouldn't be there. But too many listeners sent me photos, and they're like, this wasn't like something wasn't right here with uh, with the protection with with a uh, in essence basically a, a a bridge on both sides that allows 
make sure that the dirt doesn't all cave in at once. And I, you know, I, I hope there's some answers. Like Marianne Demaine was out there, Coulter, and she said, like, the family comes out. You imagine the family coming oh out to a God. scene, not of a car accident, not coming to the hospital to say goodbye to somebody and spending that time with him, but to know that your son's buried underneath there and he's 22 and he hasn't lived his life. Like you and I, yeah, you and I, tri- we trivialize the word tragedy sometimes. Betty White dies. She's 99. She lived an amazing life. It's not a tragedy to go at 99. 22 um, in working construction, it is. And we got to make sure that these things happen as little as possible. Well, and that's the thing, you know, safeguards aside and safety measures aside, although those are very important and, and there will be a postmortem on this event and we'll mm-hmm. see what happens and we'll see what, what could have been done if policies were followed, if policies should have been enacted but weren't. But at the end of the day, regardless of the age of these two people, I mean, they may have left a partner that morning to go yeah, to work. Yeah. Maybe they had children. Maybe, you know, they were looking forward to, yeah, it's the summer. Okay, you're not going to go to a Christmas pageant or anything at your kid's school that night. But maybe they were looking forward to spending time with their kids. I just, I cannot imagine a partner seeing someone leave the house, maybe packing a lunch for this person. Mm. Okay, hey, can you help me find my keys? Hey, uh, could could you bring me down some socks? There's a hole in this sock. Can you bring me down some socks? And you get your partner into your vehicle, and that's the last time you see them. Nobody should be dying at work. Oh, my yeah. God, my blood is boiling right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And look, you faced your own mortality in the eye, and you say, like, I- I'm going to push back. I'm in a battle. And that's all you can do. But like you said, a, a workplace scenario Ugh. is a completely different situation. Why don't we spend our last couple of minutes being light and airy? I want to know <laughs> you're a younger guy than me. But I said this yesterday. I got a lot of crap from listeners because Olivia Newton-John passed away. And uh, and I said, look, I know her from physical. Grease means nothing to me. Oh, my God, did I get killed. So when I play this, not only do you and I want to, you know, be uh, all of a sudden playing the air bass. More than well, the no, drums. Uh, listen, I'm thinking we should both put on what? some black T-shirts and some black jeans, hit up a uh, hit up a uh, county fair, maybe dance a little bit. Well, maybe I want to dress like <laughs> Olivia, and you can be John, and I'll be and Olivia for the I next four minutes. I was hoping you would say that. I was you hoping know. you would say that. Well, whatever helps ratings. But listen, um, do you know Greece? Like I, Greece just didn't. There's a lot of stuff from the '70s. I'm like, yeah, Jaws. I'm into it. The Godfather. I'm into it. Greece never grabbed me. Did it grab you? Has it ever grabbed you? Greece has become, since meeting my wife uh, about a dozen years ago, has become one of my favorite movies. And the reason is, so she <laughs> I don't was, believe you. I, I don't believe. She's listening right now. You don't so, have to admit. She's not listening. I meant to say, and you don't have to admit this. She uh, she had a copy of this movie on VHS, and I guess one summer, you know, they couldn't afford even basic cable, and so she watched <laughs> this movie. Greg, I'm not even kidding you. Two, three times a day during that summer. So she's seen this movie over the course of her 31 years on this earth about 300 times. She had to replace the VHS tape oh at one point God. because the machine ate it. She just played it so many times. So I've seen it probably a dozen times. It's a classic. I love it. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan. I also like the movie Xanadu uh, because I was such a big <laughs> ELO fan yeah, in I high can, school. Okay. I love ELO, Jeff Lynn, the whole gang. And, uh, you know, Grease is objectively a way better movie than Xanadu. But Xanadu is kind of fun. You know, you, you smoke a couple left-handed cigarettes, you have a good evening. How about Travolta, right? He makes Saturday Night Fever in 77, follows it up with Grease in 78. He's on and Welcome Pulp Back. in 94. Come you, well, on. Well, yeah, the, I know, the but there's a 16-year gap of like, hey, what do I do? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know why I just did his Vinnie Barbarino impression. That was awful. But he, But, like... There probably comes that point where you're like, oh, God, how do I follow? Like Eddie Murphy faced that after 48 hours trading places, Beverly Hills Cup. 
what in the H double hockey sticks, whatever do I do now? How do you follow that up if you're John Travolta? But I mean, it's just dance movies, right? We we named a three of those: Saturday Night Fever, uh, Grease, Pulp Fiction had the iconic dancing. He was in Hairspray in two thousand six. Give the <laughs> <No>. guy, <laughs> give the guy a dance floor. That's all he needs. Nobody's watched Hairspray as much as your wife's watched Grease. <laughs> thank you for thank you for totally uh, pointing uh, that out. That that isn't necessarily uh, the case. I just didn't think, and I'm like, it seems like it's a ripoff of the Fonz. If I'm Henry Winkler, I would have sued John Travolta. I'm like, cut that out. I'm doing this character on Happy Days. Well, Happy you, Days you was before Grease. I'm curious because the movie Grease was based on the the stage musical Grease, right? And in the movie, they actually added a couple of new songs. Hopelessly Devoted to You, I believe, was an original for that movie. Uh, the, the intro song, oh. which was sung by, I think, Frankie Avalon, who makes an appearance later on. See, I have seen it a couple of times. And uh, the big number at the end... Um, Oh, God, I'm having a brain fart right now. Well, that, I'm glad yeah. you are, because I, I, you you're embarrassing song. me with all this yeah. knowledge. Um, that's an original as well. The big musical number at the end is an original number as well. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, you know, I thought you'd align with me and be like, yeah, doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll stick with Jaws and the Godfather, but uh, too, we're all I've about the musicals. Seen. Yeah, I'll give well, you that. Yeah, it's only available on beta. It's not available on VHS, DVD, or Laserdisc. We got to go, my man. We'll uh, have a great show today, and uh, let's do this again soon. Always a pleasure, Greg. Thank you. It's awesome to chat with Coulter Bouchard, Coulter Meredith, uh, today, uh, afternoon drive on 102.1 The Edge.